Welcome to Let's Explore. My name is Lane McCall, and I'm here hanging out with Darren Begley and Don Keithley. We just came off of uh, recording a session where we went into hell and what hell is not, and a lot of lies that we as the church have been sold. And this episode, we're going to shift a little bit, and um, let's talk about what Jesus actually came to accomplish. Did he get done what he set out to do, and what did he set out to do? I mean, we have John 10.10, says that he came to bring life, and life more abundantly. Right. What's that? you know, one thing we want to look at um, is in Jesus' words, did he accomplish what the Father sent him to do? Um, If that is not the foundation of your relationship with God, you're going to be in trouble. Mm. Because if he didn't get it done, I promise you, you're not going to. That's a good because point. the only way we can live is by what he's given us. So everything that he asked for, he's already given us. So he said, uh, he, he asked you to love him because I first loved you. He asked you to forgive people because I first forgave you. Everything that in the Christian walk comes from him. Mercy comes from him. Compassionate comes from him. Love comes from him. How are you going to love your neighbor if you don't first let God love you? Because that's where you're getting it from. Okay. So the whole thing in this is, you know, he says he came to destroy the works of the devil. So number one, we got to determine what are the works of the devil? Well, we know from the beginning in in the Garden of Eden, um, we find the serpent and we find the temptation. Number one, in John chapter eight, he he talks about, you know, you talk to the religious leaders. He said, you are of your father, the devil that lied from the beginning, that was a murderer from the beginning. Okay. So the, one of the biggest things is deception. From that deception, and when, when he ate of what the enemy was speaking to them, what came in? Um, number one, fear. Yep. So they went and hid themselves. Uh, shame. They tried to cover themselves. Blame. Mm-hmm. They wanted to say, wait a minute, is that woman you gave me? The woman said, hey, is that serpent that did this? So you see the attributes of the beast operating in them. And can I throw in, I would say another thing that happened was blindness. Absolutely. Because they're hiding, but they're hiding from a being who is pure love. Right. If, and, if you knew that, you wouldn't hide. So what they got, they got awakened to their five senses. Hmm. And so now man lives by the carnal five senses. Okay. And that time when it said he came and walked with him in the cool of the day, it means they walked with him in the spirit, the Ruach, the hmm. breath of God. Okay. And so now, you know, we have this whole thing, well, God can't look on sin, and that, that's ridiculous, okay? When they sinned, who come looking for them? Right. Okay? God wasn't hiding. Adam was hiding. Okay? So when we start to look at what Jesus came to do, he came to give life and give it more abundantly. Well, if he came to give life, how do you conquer death? With life. Hmm. Okay? So... The carnal can't overcome the carnal. You mean it's not get really good at everything you no. can do? and no. The yeah. law, rules yeah. and regulations equal rebellion without mm-hmm. relationship. The relationship with the almighty God is what gives you the key. And the key is the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has set me free from the law of sin and death. So it's something from another dimension Absolutely. that comes in and helps and, and, I mean, it's and, it's from somewhere else. Well, and not only that, we came from that dimension. That's right. We were in That's him right. before the foundation of the world. Right. We are spirit. Yeah. But once you eat of the beast's food, okay, and you start operating like a mere human, Paul said, you're living by the five senses. 
You're living by everything in the carnal. And the way Jesus overcame the carnal was by the Spirit. He didn't do anything he didn't hear the Father say or, you know, or see. That's what he would carry out. And his words were spirit and life. The shame with the carnal is that if you just go by what you see, what you hear, what you can touch, what, touch what you can taste, it's all, there's need everywhere. You need a house, you need yeah. food, you need success, you need a career, you need a relationship, you need in this realm. And it's starting from a, a negative place rather than starting from in the, in the spiritual side, starting from relationship and starting yeah. from that you are loved and you are cared for and, and you... Man, you, you, that's how the world operates primarily. And Jesus rebuked him for that. Carnal. He said, look, the Gentiles go after those things. Mm-hmm. But look at the right. lilies of the field. Look at the birds of the air. Exactly. How much more will your father not provide for you? Yeah. Well, evidently, Jesus had a pretty big task because when the angels announced his coming, they said this would be of good tidings to all men. Yeah. Good news to all men. Yeah. Then when Jesus hangs on the cross and he says, it's finished, uh, Everything between what the angel announced and Jesus saying it's finished, there's a whole lot in there that he fully accomplished that would be good news to all men. I, I was just sitting here thinking, especially like in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, where Jesus said that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Mm. Uh, I was real big on the seeking that which was lost, but I wasn't real sure that he saved all that were lost. Mm. So if Jesus said it's finished, then I've got, I'm going to have to assume that one of the things that he accomplished that gives us the abundant life is the, the seeking and the saving of all that are lost. That really flips the script. That on does flip the script. What, hap- what you see happening in churches all over. Well, not only that, that of what he just said, he also, when he came, he said, uh, the judgment of this world is now. The ruler of this world is going to be judged. Wow. Okay. Now, I understand we take that, well, that's Satan. Well, it's Satan, but it's through the first man, Adam. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's only two men to walk on the planet. I know people get, what are you talking about? Well, you have the first man, Adam, and the last man, Adam. Mm. So in Adam, all die. Yeah. In Christ, all are made alive after their own order mm-hmm. or after their own time. So what he's saying in that, and he's trying to show you that he judged the beast nature. He judged Satan. He judged what happened in the garden. And he took every bit of that judgment. And one of the biggest things that even now, even after we say we're born again or, you know, however you want to say it, the scariest thing for people is, I'm going to stand before God someday at the great white throne of judgment, and I'm going to have to give an account for every word, everything I ever did on the planet. It's going to be, I'm going to be humiliated in front of everybody, but then he'll remove my pain and wipe away every tear. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's like getting a whooping at school and then getting another whooping when you get home. Yeah. Okay, that's it, fear. And people still living in that fear that say they're born again. Yeah, you have people in churches teach that way. Absolutely. So even if even if you have a relationship with God and he loves you and it's all good, you you still got to be nervous cuz after you die, you're going to one day sit in front of a big throne and everyone's going to see all your sins played up on a big screen. Yeah, he's going to run a video of your life, bro. Yeah. yeah. Well, they yeah. don't realize that and I teach on this, some of this when I go in the book of Revelations, but we are the book of life. Mm. Okay? The book of life is we are the covenant. Paul says this, the Bible is the letter. It killeth the covenant's not made with a book. 
the covenant's made with us. Yeah. Okay, so we are life. He said, I've come to bring life, life more abundantly. Where? On the inside of us. Okay, so Paul said this. He said, I judge myself. Mm. Okay, and then we're supposed to judge the dead. Mm. Okay, so you got dead people walking around everywhere that don't realize what Jesus did for them. Yeah. So this is not someday they're supposed to stand before God after they die. We're carrying life now. Yeah. But our ministry is reconciliation. So what is reconciliation? We're to reconcile them to the judge that judged himself on our behalf and took everything for us, removed our sin, but yet the church is so sin conscious, yeah. how can we give the world something that we don't have? Man, and then it, when he says he removed our sins away from us as far as the east is from the west, yeah. but we think in some afterlife, what's he, he's going to pull them back from wherever he put exactly. them he and show them to everybody. Right. Makes no sense. And people seem to forget that a judge, there, there's two sides to a judge. A judge is there to, yeah, condemn the guilty, but also protect the innocent. Absolutely. And when he came, like, even though uh, every single one of us is messed up, the beauty of God is saying, I don't, I don't. Put any of that to your account. I judge you as innocent. That's the judgment that yeah. we get to share well, he, with people. He judged the old Adam and killed him. Mm, Took, he tasted death for every man. Mm-hmm. And so here, here's the biggest thing that just so gets me because most people in, in church, they'll say, okay, he was crucified not for us, but as us, as mankind. Right. But if, if he died as us and we identify with that, then he resurrected as us, and we have to identify with that. Right. <laughs> so that's the new life. Yep. He did it for mankind, period. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody hadn't been awakened to that, but did he do it for everybody? Absolutely. Had to. Yeah, well, it's to, to add to that, we, we've we got to get on this. We were resurrected with him. First mm-hmm. Peter 1, I think it's First Peter 1, 3 says that we were uh, begotten again through the resurrection, that we're begotten is the word ananageo, and it means to be born again. So when were you born again? You were born again at the resurrection. You went from death to life. You walked out of the tomb with him as a brand new creation, species of being that never existed before. So when you bottom line the abundant life that Jesus came and what it, what, what was his mission, I, honestly, at the end of the day, it was to reveal the Father. It was to show us what the Father was all about and to clear up all the misconceptions that obviously had taken place in the old covenant. Uh, Jesus came to show us what the Father's really like, his heart, his attitude. He came to change our mind about God, not to change God's mind about us. Mm. I've thought for years, you know, God needed to have his mind changed about me, and I needed to be a good guy to change his mind about me. No, his mind never was changed about me. It always was the same. I was always a beloved son in whom he was well pleased. Mm. And Jesus came to show us, He's saying, you know, you want me to tell you what God thinks about you? Look at me. Mm. He's, he thinks exactly of you as he thinks about me. So Jesus cleared up a lot of misconceptions. Remember when Jesus went to the Mount of Transfiguration? He goes up with Peter, James, and John, and Moses from the law, and Elijah from the prophets show up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who, who was the one that the Father said to listen to? He said, this is Jesus. my beloved yeah. son, hear ye him, mm-hmm. all right? right. So there, there's a priority that Jesus has over law, over prophets. There is yeah. one. Now, let me. I think Bill Johnson's the one that says that Jesus is perfect theology. Mm-hmm. If, you don't see it about Je- if you don't see it in Jesus, don't believe it about the Father. 
which eliminates a lot of the garbage that has been handed down as representation of the Father. Jesus is the perfect representation, and he came to show us in flesh form that representation and to show us ourselves. He came that we can embrace our divinity as well. And you have Jesus not not even standing, not even going to the cross and blaming the people that were putting him there. Right. He prayed, Father, forgive them. Yeah, they don't exactly. even know what they're doing. If Jesus is going to stand there and be a representation of the Father and That's, the love of God yeah. and forgive the people that are murdering the only innocent being to ever walk yeah. on the planet, right. if he forgives that, how how easy is it him to extend forgiveness to anything you've done or I've done or anyone has done? Wouldn't it be a little hypocritical when Jesus taught us on the Sermon on the Mount to forgive our enemies and then he roasts his? Yeah. Mm. Well, and two, if he died as mankind, then every word that came out of his mouth was pointed ultimately, not only to the ones that killed him, but forgive them for they know not what they do. Mankind. That's everybody from the first Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me piggyback off of something Don said. He, uh, If you look in the garden, the woman was deceived by what she heard. When she listened to it, then she saw So I'm going to get a little prophetic here. I believe 2019, and I've prophesied this, that this is a year that what we hear and what we do with what we hear in this year will determine what we see in 2020. Mm -hmm. No accident, okay? I believe it's a timing that 2020 is perfect vision. But all the way through, what you hear determines what you see. So when she listened, she was deceived. Then she saw that the tree was good for food. Now, what did Don say? He said, Jesus showed up, Moses and Elijah, and he's transfigured. So you can imagine they're seeing this, okay? Now, now you understand, uh, Peter, James, and John are there. They're watching this. You know, they're like freaking out. Oh, my gosh, look at this. He goes, no, 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 no. You will not understand what you see if you don't hear what I'm about to say. Mm. And what did he say? He said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Why? Why? Because the disciples were still connected to the law and the prophets. And the law and the prophets all pointed to the person. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're looking to the law and the prophets, you're not going to see accurately. But once, if they start to hear the Jesus, the one that come and took our judgment, that did all this, once you start to hear him from the inside out, then that's going to determine what you see. Then what you see will be accurate. Mm. The That's thing, what he was telling. The me. thing that really got Jesus in trouble, and I think he's really impressed on us. It, it, it's all about identity, really. They got down. They were gonna. They were gonna stone him, and he said, "For which of the good works are you stoning me?" And they said, "We're not stoning you for a good work. We're stoning you because you, as a man, claim to be the Son of God, making yourself equal with God." Mm-hmm. So that comes back. To, that comes back to the garden issue when Eve and Adam ate. The serpent said, if you eat this, you'll become like God. In essence, he was saying, if you do something, you can become, and in reality, they were trying to become something they already were. Yeah, <laughs> They already were created in the image and likeness of God. And that whole thing is siphoned down now to where this is pretty much the Christian life today. We're trying to do something to become, yeah. where Jesus comes and says, look, your identity already is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm showing you what your identity is. You are a son of God already. So um, I, that's part of the abundant life he came to give us. It's part of what, when Jesus said it's finished, I 
I have to assume then my identity is secure as a son of God. It's not going anywhere. It's not here today, gone tomorrow. God's not an Indian giver. He doesn't give it to me today, take it away tomorrow based on my performance and my actions. So I can sit back and relax and let grace continually change me as I rest in him and just let that divine influence do its job. You know, that's like a like a dog chasing its tail. It like is. trying to trying to to do something to be something that yeah. you already are. You already and that, are. That's the biggest distraction and more than anything. It distracts you from enjoying what you've already been given that's freely yours that you can go out and enjoy being a son of God, being in relationship with yeah. God, and not have to go through twelve steps or however many steps or jump through these hoops in order to get there. Right. And so if Jesus did complete what he came to do and reveal who we actually are as sons, uh, what's the scripture that says when you look at the word, it's like looking in a mirror. Yeah. It's like that's... And he's the word. Yeah. So when we look at Jesus, it's like we're looking in a mirror. Yeah. But... But it's like you're looking in a mirror, so the image is really coming from you. Yeah. So he came (laughs) to show us who we really are. Well, the thing is, if... He, he, he said in his word, he said, I have finished it, okay? I finished the work yeah. that my father gave me. So we got to go back and look at what is that work. Yeah. Okay, so he, if he finished it and, and he killed the first Adam, all right? Yeah. And, and then he judged the first Adam and he removed the sin away. That's mankind. Mm-hmm. So then he bought us with a price. So how many did he buy? Did he just do it for the people who were living there in that time or everybody lived before, everybody lived after? So it's mankind. Right. So he bought us. He paid full price. So how, if he bought us and he paid full price, could anything ever be repossessed that was fully his? Yeah. There's no legal right to get any of it because it's paid in full. Teletesti. Mm. Done. Mm. Now, we don't understand all that. But the issue is, if he bought it, he paid full price, belongs to him. Yeah. And we don't get a vote. That's the interesting thing. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing we tend to forget, is that we're we're created. We yeah. don't get to vote exactly. what we he are. He didn't ask us. <laughs> we are what we are, what he made us to be. Right. And the, and the, the Bible talks about Jesus being crucified before the foundation of the world. Right. So before he created the heavens and the earth and the fish and... Jesus is crucified outside of time. Right. So to me, that tells me that's part of creation, that Jesus being crucified is part of the work of creation. And so that reveals to us who we actually are created to be. Well, it shows you he started and finished it before he ever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He solved the problem before there was a problem. Exactly. That's I mean, why he's not nervous. Ephesians 1 4 says that he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Mm. So, well, I'll, which one's Don? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. He yeah. only chose Christians. He, he only chose Christians. Christians. Prayed the prayer. Yeah. You know, it's that Calvinism coming back. Yeah. You know, I, I want to take it just a little de- derailing. Uh, off the tracks, places you're not supposed to go. Okay. Um, to the scary book. Oh yeah. Okay. Because that's uh, revelation. You that's know, if, if we're determining that that he did it, he did what he said he did. Yep. Okay. And that we can have a relationship with Father the way he did. John chapter 17. The craziest thing was when I was in uh, years ago when I first started coming to the church. The the number one thing they told us not to do was don't read the book of Revelation mm. because you can't understand it anyway. Okay, And so once again, we get back into that whole control thing that now we have men telling us what the book of Revelation is. 
which it is an apocalyptic end time, destroying of heaven and earth, burning everything up. It's what they say. You know, and yeah. all this crazy stuff, you know, Russians are bad and right. they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And, and right off the bat, when you start to read it, it says this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. The that person. means an unveiling, mm-hmm. an uncovering of the person. So when you look at that, Jesus was his earthly suit. Christ is who he was before he ever came, not his last name. Okay. Mm. So it means there's a physical side of it. Okay. But the biggest side of it is going to be symbolic. Okay. Mm. So how did Paul or how did John get this? He said, I was in the spirit. Right. So in other words, if you don't have a relationship with God and you're not hearing him spirit to spirit, you're never going to understand the book of Revelation Mm. because you're going to read it like you read a newspaper. And you're going to be confused, and you're going to you know write books and say this is going to happen, that's going to happen. And you're watching Fox News and CNN and seeing what happened in Israel and determining what's going to happen in the world. That's ridiculous that we would look at something in the world, determine what's going to what our God's going to do. Right. No, he he's in charge. He's always been in charge. He's not freaking out of who's president, who's not president, mm-hmm. who who the antichrist is, and who who the antichrist is not. I mean, it's amazing. We can go tell you five antichrists but we don't know who the Christ is. But we can tell you who the Antichrist is. <laughs> well, they've gone yeah. through a few now, though. Exactly. Yeah. They're always you know, representing you know, most of our presidents, the United right. States. And, and so we've we got to go back to that place that we let God show us who he is. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting to hit some things in the book of Revelation now. And, um, you know, when you go back and look at it and you start to listen, and that's why I said once again— Every passage in that book reveals him. And so what is he? He's good news. Yeah. So anything you read in there is not good news, you've misunderstood. Yeah. That's a great point. That's about him, so it's got to be about good news. Darren's my revelation go-to guy. Is it re- I'm going to ask you a question, Darren. Don't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah. As it relates to the mission of Jesus and the finished work and all that we're talking about, in Revelation, when it says that Jesus has the keys right. of death and hell, right. which is a Hades, yeah. it's there again, that's a bad translation. We automatically think he's got the keys of this fiery furnace. What's it talking about when, when it says that Jesus has the keys of death and Hades? What, what does that involve? Well, one, let's go to something that's you know almost everybody knows about, and it's um, when Jesus is asking his disciples in Matthew 16, who do, who do people say that I am? Mm-hmm. And, of course, Peter gets this great revelation. Uh, you're the Christ, okay? And he says, flesh and blood didn't give this to you, uh, but my Father, which is in heaven, which is in another realm, okay? Mm-hmm. And he said, now, this is how I'm going to build my church. So how's he going to build his church? From a relationship with Father that's speaking from another realm, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we go on down, and Jesus starts to reveal to them what's going to happen in his life. And, you know, when he, when he tells Peter after he gets his revelation, he said, and I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell. Now, I hate to pop everybody's bubble, but there's no gates in hell. Yeah. And there's no walls in heaven. It's symbolic. Hmm. Okay. So when he says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, this is what he's saying. Um, this revelation that comes is not a literal key. It's not a key that unlocks a gate. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you have the solution to something, that means you have the key to that situation. Okay. So what did Jesus come to do? He come to taste death for every man. He come to kill the old man, Adam. All right? Mm-hmm. Did he do that? 
Absolutely. So Paul gives you the key. Here's the key. The spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, yeah. has set you free from the law of sin and death. Yeah. So what is hell? It's every bit of thinking that has to do with the carnal nature, the mind and instruction of the five senses. So yeah. let's prove it. Peter says, no, you are not going to the cross. I will not let you die. And he rebukes him. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Satan. Now, was Peter Satan? No. But what does Satan do? He has to use the carnal nature. Mm -hmm. And then he said, you mind the things of man and not of God. Mm. So what was he rebuking? He was rebuking a gate. Yeah. What was the gate? It's an entry point where words come out. Yeah. And what he was doing was speaking by the carnal nature, speaking by the beastly nature. He was being used by the beast to speak that. And he rebuked him saying, no, 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 no. I just told you, you have the key. Because mm -hmm. what he's going to tell you is, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. What's the keys to the kingdom? It unlocks a realm because now you're hearing from Father because now you're the church yep. and you can overcome the carnal nature because you have the key, the solution to death and hell. And where did death and hell come in? In the garden when man fell from that place and opened up to the carnal nature and the beast nature. You know, I remember uh, in Bible school years ago um, learning that that word gates in that, I'd have to look up the original, but um, I believe it means councils or mouth. So mm -hmm. like the councils yeah. of hell, the mouth of That's hell. That's why God said gate. life and death is in the power of the tongue. The tongue. Yeah, absolutely. The um, I was thinking of something when, when you were talking, and from Peter's perspective in that situation, when he rebukes Jesus, Jesus says, I'm going to go die. He, Peter just got done saying, you're the Christ. You're, you're the guy that's here to set us free from Roman rule, and, and you're going to set up your kingdom, and we're all going to be leaders in it. And he's minding the things of man. He's thinking of his own personal self-interest. And then, again, that's just the five senses, the things I can see, the yeah. things I can understand. And it, it has no... Um, uh, openness mm -hmm. to the voice of God in that scenario. What's What does the Father actually want to do through this? So he's basically shut himself off from that and shifted over to minding the things of man, the yeah. things that he wants. He wants Jesus to live, right. Jesus to set up an earthly kingdom, and he's going to be one of the rulers with Jesus. It's going to be great. Uh, all my needs are met. People will be happy. And that's what he's minding. Yeah, And see, I believe that's the same thing Judas did. Mm. I believe Judas was trying to put Jesus on the spot to make him be who he was. Uh. And he did not understand. Okay? So look at how God will set people up. And, and I mean, I love this. And once you see it, you see that it's his love. All the way through Jesus' ministry, they, they never have any swords. Okay. And he says, go get me a sword. And they bring back a sword. And then in, in the garden, the garrison comes to, to get Jesus. And who gets the sword? Peter. Yeah. And Peter whops the dude's ear off. Okay. Yeah. What was he doing? He was setting Peter up to show him where he's weak. Right. Okay. So what does he do with Judas? He knows Judas has a money problem. He knows who Judas is when he calls him. Yeah, he puts him over the treasury. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then true. and he uses that weakness in Judas in the flesh to expose that flesh so that he can remove it. Yep, exactly. Okay. Because if we never see it, it's hard for us to let him. Remove it because yep. our heart is deceitfully wicked and what man can know it unless it's revealed by 
the Spirit. Yeah. So people would say, oh, you know, Peter is the great man of God. So, you know, this is just a little way to think. Um, who was more important, Judas or Peter? Peter tried to keep Jesus from going to the cross. Judas made sure he got to the cross. Very true. <laughs> Very so, true. You know, God has a sense of humor. Do you yeah. guys think that we've done a good job? We've talked, worked all about completed mission. Uh, it is finished. Mm-hmm. Have, have we done a good job in teaching people how to live under that umbrella of it truly is finished and Jesus really did accomplish his work? I, I don't think we really have, have believed it. I, we seems like most everything we do is trying to finish what he said is finished. Hmm. You know, I, he said that he defeated the enemy, made a show of him openly. And yet how much time do most of us spend in, still spend in spiritual warfare trying to oh, defeat man. a defeated foe? And sometime I'd like to take a whole session on spiritual warfare and what that whole whole thing is about. But, you know, when Peter said that he's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, that pretty well covers the street. You can't add anything to that. And yet our whole life, our teaching, our church ministries, everything is geared. The uh, Christian bookstores are full of books telling us how to get what we already have to help Jesus finish what he said is already completed. Mm. So we're it's no wonder we don't grow spiritually it's one we keep raising dwarfs and midgets spiritually it's because even as leadership uh, we haven't embraced the fact that it really is finished and taken that to its full conclusion and then helped our people to get there as darren mentioned in an earlier session the whole job of pastors evangelists apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers is to bring people to the measure of the fullness of the stature of christ and we got a long way to go to do that. We'll never get people there till we believe it's finished. We'll still be yeah. trying to add to just get the foundation laid. We got we got to figure the foundation's already been laid. Yeah, if it, that if that's not the foundation, your whole house yep. is going to be off. Right, every bit of it. And that and that's why I always tell people. I say, look, somewhere you got to go back once again. Did Jesus do and finish what he said he did? He said he came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Okay, we can't even get over that one. Because most um, eschatology is connected to Daniel, which is a prophet. Hmm. And what you're saying is he didn't finish that. Okay. So if he didn't finish the law and the prophets, then he didn't destroy the works of the devil. Then he didn't judge everything on the cross. Because if he's got one thing wrong, then it's all wrong. Hmm. Or if he got it all right, it's all right. You know, and so what he's saying was when it's finished is I've completed it in the spirit realm. And everything you come overcome in the natural realm is from that spiritual realm. And that's really who you are. That's where you're from. Yeah. And that's what you got to use to overcome everything. But what we do is our foundation's off. Then it's always we got to do this or we got to do that or we got to pray this through or we got to fast for 10 days. Or it's all about works. Right. And you're building on the sand. And when the storm comes, the house is coming down. You know, you, uh, go un- ahead. Unfortunately, the. Um, the teaching outside the church has been a lot more effective, and I'm oh, glad sure. people are are learning and growing sure. in that thing. But if you just talk about living a life that's able to create something beautiful, create beautiful families or beautiful Absolutely. businesses, and and um, do amazing things in the world, the the teaching inside the church doesn't have much to do with that no. at all. No, and and really, Jesus came to like f- fix the foundation so that we'd be free. 
to just be yeah, people, like not exactly. to go sit in a pew every Sunday to hear someone give us their interpretation on what we need to do this week or right, not do this week right. or where to put our money and make all the decisions for us. That's all fear-based nonsense. And unfortunately, we haven't taken the finished work as a foundation and just liberated people to actually express the individual creation of God that they are. Because that's one thing I believe more than anything, that God wants to express himself through us as individuals in a way that's never been seen before. Like he told Abraham, your seed's going to be like the stars of heaven. You know, every single star in heaven shines, every single one, and no two are exactly the same. And I think that's what we're supposed to be like. But unfortunately, we haven't gotten there yet in our empowerment, in our teaching of people. Well, I mean, the scriptures, the children of the world are wiser Mm. than the sons of God. And I mean, let's face it, guys like Wayne Dyer, uh, a lot of new age teachers have tapped into take, taking people where we have failed to take them because we still had our eyes set on the things that we've dismantled the yeah. last couple of sessions like hell, uh, where are you going to spend eternity? And we've totally ignored the abundant life that Jesus came to give it. So those guys are picking up the slack mm-hmm. and they're selling all the books now and they're getting the attention of this younger generation because they're offering something that pertains to life and godliness and its fulfillment of, of saying God has made you to be something special and you can get there. Yeah. And we haven't yeah. done that. Yeah. So these guys these guys are outshining us. Let's mm-hmm. let's face it. And that's why I love this let's explore. And I know we're going to at some point get some guests in. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk to guys that are actually doing that yeah. and say, "Hey, you know, I I'm ready to learn something. Why how how are you tapping into all this?" Yeah. Yeah, we go ahead. You know, just let me give you an example of what we're talking about here. In the old covenant, um, 11 out of the 12 tribes operated outside of the church system. Mm-hmm. Only one tribe operated inside the tabernacle. And if any other tribe tried to operate in there, they died. Mm-hmm. But you know what the church does? When you got bankers and lawyers and businessmen, they try to give them positions in the church. Yeah. And you know what? We're killing them. Yeah. They're not supposed to be in there. They're not called no. to be in there. No. Okay? And so we got this, once again, this whole separation thing, them and us. There is no them and us. Right. It's all us. Mm-hmm. You know? And so somewhere we got to get to that point that a lawyer out there is just as important as a preacher. Yeah. It's a different gifting. Mm-hmm. Okay? Different way of ministering to people. But I'll tell you what, there's businessmen out there today that have more influence to people than preachers. Absolutely. You know, and we're seeing that happen. Like he mentioned a guy, I'm talking about Joe Dispenza, Mm -hmm. amazing guy. Now he's a believer, but he's taking things by the science way. And he's got a whole generation listening to him that would never go to church. Yeah. That are meditating, operating, uh, uh, making themselves available to actually do the things that are in the Bible. He just puts them in code form and teaches them that science can do this. And we know they're tapping into an energy. Yep. But, you know, they just don't say it's God. But guess what? It's all God, <laughs> you yeah, know, and, and it's yeah. available. And so you got people even through meditation mm-hmm. that are actually healing themselves yeah, because mm-hmm. of how they think. Mm-hmm. And when you can change your mind, which is metanoia, okay, that is repentance. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you break it down. When you're changing your mind that that's not the real you and you're tapping into the spirit world that that's the real me, that is metanoia. Yes. And the church is scared to death of some of that stuff. They're scared to death of meditating, and the Bible tells you to meditate. Yeah. The, the world has stolen it, and it's working for them, and the church is still scared to death of it. 
In, in Acts 2, the, it says that the Spirit was poured out on all flesh. Yeah. So I got to assume that that's not just uh, tongue-talking flesh. That's all flesh. And here's, here's what I see. The Spirit of Truth is not boxed in. We've, we're finally getting God out of the box a little bit, but the Spirit of Truth is also not boxed in. That's right. Truth is truth. I don't care whose lips it comes from. And there are people that have tapped into truth that are actually drawing from what in our, our Christianese, we would say is the spirit of truth that was deposited that Jesus promised we would have. But they've tapped into some things that they're pulling on. They don't even know what they're pulling on. Yeah. But they're bringing truth to the table today, like Joe Dispenza, Darren just mentioned. That guy's, that guy's bringing a lot of truth to the table. Now, whether he gives credit to the spirit of truth, and if he doesn't, then the church doesn't want anything to do with him. But we need to learn to have ears to hear and eyes to see as well and to begin to embrace and say there's no them and there's no us. I can embrace Joe Dispenza. He might not believe it exactly like I do, but look, he's the son of God as much as I'm a son of God. There's one God and Father of all who's above all, through all, and is in all. So I got I to gotta begin to knock these barriers down and embrace this stuff and bring it into the kingdom rather than push it away from the kingdom. Yeah. Well, the number one quote that Jesus quotes the most, those that have ears, yeah. let them hear. Yeah. And what you hear yeah. is going to determine what you see. Yeah. And so if we, if we do not get people out of that box, out of that church system, out of the things that man has taught us, then they cannot break those circles. Yeah. They cannot break uh, those cycles in their life that are reproducing the same thing over and over and over and over, and then they're mad at God because he's not doing what he said he'd do. Yeah. No, it's not that he's not doing it. It's that you're stuck in that carnal nature, and you're scared to death to operate by this voice that lives on the inside of you, and that's how he told you to live, <laughs> not by the dead letter, but by the living person. It's like it's like the children of Israel that wanted a king to go fight their battles. We've done the same thing with church where people have been so afraid to want to think they could hear God on their own right. because they haven't been told their value, their worth, their the love that God has for them. So it's been easier to listen to someone at a pulpit tell them what to do, what not to do direct their life for them. So in in doing that, it's like we've uh, given over control to just a small group of people. And that's exactly what is afraid of the Joe Dispenza's, even a guy like Tony Robbins. Like there's a Netflix special with Tony Robbins that is... It's mind blowing. Like yeah. he 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 does these conferences where he's talking to a girl face to face and she tells him this horrific story of what she's been through and and later they they're talking to him after, you know, what how he operates and he said I didn't know what I was going to say. I just opened myself up and trust that there the answers go. are going to mm-hmm. come. That's it right there. Yeah. God is using that guy yeah, and absolutely. people that would I've been in services where people will just openly denounce specifically yeah. Tony Robbins. Say, yeah. "Oh, it's new age not Look, God's not in the church four walls. That's no. not where he lives." <laughs> well, 90% of the people in America work for somebody else mm. because they're afraid of failure. Okay, so that's why it's so easy for the church to manipulate them. Because if they get it wrong, they got somebody to blame. Yeah. And what God is doing is He's setting us free from that and saying, You can trust the God in you to hear me. I'm not going to let you fail. I'm not a God of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And that's what's happening. He's setting people free from a slavery mentality 
but the, the, the biggest thing in it is you got to trust that you're hearing God. You got to yeah. trust that He speaks to you individually. I like He's what you say. I'm sorry, but I like what you say when you say that that's the number one right. Yeah. It is. Number one right. My sheep hear my voice. Just to hear God. We, we look back, and we covered this in other sessions. We look way back at Augustine and the Latin Vulgate and how they used it to control the masses and the Catholic Church, all that stuff. We've been just as guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't want them to hear any voice but our voice. We don't want them. I mean, we don't even want them to go visit another church to hear a speaker over there because they might hear something be drawn over there, right? So we have done the same thing. So it it starts with leadership. It starts with those of us that that stand and have some influence in people. We've got to teach people, just as Darren is saying, that they can hear God for themselves. Absolutely. And that that has been the nemesis in the church. The church did not want to tell people they can hear God. Isn't that what all, yeah. that's what the Catholic yeah. Church started with? And we've, we've done the same thing as Protestants. You can't hear, you need to sit down and listen. Now, here's what, here's what that scripture means. Here's the only thing it can mean. And you've got to live this way and you've got to walk that way. And you need, if you have a problem, you need to come talk to me and you need some counseling and you need deliver, deliverance. And you know, you, you don't know what to do for yourself. You're, you're going to get yourself in a mess mm. rather than teaching somebody how to function. That's what Jesus came to give us. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. abundant life. You can't live an abundant life if you're not a sheep hearing the voice for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, think about that. That's where we're at in America right now. Yeah. It's the difference between capitalism and socialism. Mm. Socialism is, hey, you dumb sheep, you're too dumb to know what to do, even with your money. Yeah. Give it to us and we'll distribute it the way we yeah. see fit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But capitalism is you empower the people. Yeah. Okay. So you want to know what's wrong with America? Because we're preaching it in the church. We're yeah. preaching socialism in the church. We're not preaching capitalism. Mm-hmm. We're preaching, hey, you don't know what to do with your money. You don't know what ministry to give it to. You need to give it to us. And then, you know, and then we decide what to do with it. Mm. You know, Paul said like this, purpose in your heart. Yeah. And, and I tell people this all the time, man. If you have the attributes of your father, he's a lover, so he's a giver. Yeah. And the good thing about that, it don't, it's not always given in church. Sometimes it's in Walmart. Sometimes it's just somebody you meet, and God just says to do this. You just operate by his voice, and you have freedom in that. You have peace. Sometimes it. it's taking your kids out to dinner. Sometimes buying yourself something. Sometimes <laughs> it is. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's that fear-based control system that we were talking about hell last time. Everything that comes in that way through fear and control, it's always going to hinder the expression in the life of people. It is. It's always going to make our lives worse rather than better. Well, you know, and that, that's if we get down to it, the nature of people is we're givers. That's true. You don't have to manipulate people to give yep. if you'll just tap into the real them. We want to give. I mean, America is the most giving people on the planet. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just no comparison. But in our churches, we're continuing to manipulate and tell them they're cursed if they don't give. That don't cause people to want to give. That produces fear that they're afraid that God's going to get them if they don't. Yeah. I don't want anybody in our church to give like that. Yeah. I want them to have the freedom that they, they became blessed at the cross. Their curse was removed at the cross. Yes. You know what we're really saying and so far in a lot of our podcasts is everything that generates fear has got to go. Yeah, absolutely. And until it goes, we can't we don't have a foundation to build an abundant life on because we're always trying to dot the i's and cross the t's 
to become secure to eliminate our fear. So we got to get this hell yeah. thing out the door. We got to get the the curses out the door. Got to get the spiritual warfare and this great big devil and an itty bitty Jesus out the door. <laughs> we got to we got to dispense with all of that so that we got a clear deck. Now, okay, now let's start talking about what is really finished and what you really possess. Let's start opening our eyes. Let's start awakening to who you really are. And then I think we got this life, this great big abundant life that we should enjoy to the max. Absolutely. And then we can begin to focus on that. Well, that's what yeah. he says the kingdom is. Righteousness, joy, and peace in yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. You it's forgot everybody. Fear. You forgot fear. No, no. Oh, wait. No. And that's, that's what that's everybody is after right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you say righteousness, people say, what's well, right standing? No, 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 no. Righteousness means right relationship. Mm. See, first and foremost, it's right relationship with God. Mm. In other words, you, you don't have relationship with him out of the old Adam anymore. Yeah. You know, and when you understand that, I promise you, that'll bring peace and joy. Mm. You know, and that's what everybody wants. We yep. know money, things that does not bring peace and joy. We, if we, we don't gotta, have it on the inside, nothing on the outside is going to bring it. We got to put this yes. first Adam in the grave and leave him there. Exactly. You know, yeah. if Jesus was the last Adam, then there can't be any more Adams to exactly. come after Jesus. Right. So why are we still putting this Adam stuff on people? I'd, it really, some of the stuff, the more the further you move away from it, the crazier it looks. I mean, yeah. it just is nuts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is exciting. And uh, it's exciting to explore the the things that we really have been given. And uh, it's nice in our sessions to kind of get over into that. And I'd like to do more of that moving forward in the future. Part of that's dismantling, though. Part of that is a lot of the nonsense right. that's been taught for generations just needs to be dismantled so people can start to wake up to a fearless lifestyle and reality. Let's rip so, apart the bad news so we can get to the good news. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. If that bad just stays there and you keep believing it, then you, you can't actually get to the good. But um, so if people want to connect with you guys, um, I know, uh, so Darren, you have a website. Would you just share your website with yeah, people? It's godshouse.life and you can just connect with us there. Awesome. And then um, you're on, they can find you on YouTube. Yeah, I'm on YouTube. Yep. Uh, God's, God's house. house. Yep. yep. That's cool. And then um, Don, uh, how can people connect with you? <clears throat> Mine's easy. Just Don Keithley, K-E-A-T-H-L-E-Y.com. And you can pick me up on YouTube, Don Keithley. Uh, we do Sunday morning on uh, over on YouTube through my website and also on Wednesday night, Facebook, 8 o'clock. So be looking for you over there. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I do yeah. want to say this. Um, we do have this crazy guy that we're about to hire this Sunday, and um, we'll be shifting to I am God's house. Dot com. Awesome. So um, I think this guy is going to do an amazing job for us. And uh, That's good. And I like him that. I'll talk I to you right now. <laughs> We're working on a website for Darren. That's what he's alluding to. We're changing the, the web name from godshouse.life to iamgodshouse.com, which will yeah. be up in the next, next little bit. And um, yeah, exciting stuff. Just getting the good news out to people and empowering. The most exciting thing for me is is uh, having a supernatural God who is the creator of all things that is very interested in seeing our success yep. and having that love for us. So it's not on our, our shoulders to go out and try to make it all happen, but that's the beauty of the relationship with Christ yes, that we're uh, getting to explore. So thank you guys for hanging yeah, out. See and we'll you do next it again time. Soon. Yep, all right. we'll be there.